Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to the All by the Popcorn podcast. I'm Alessandra. And I'm Emily. And today we've got two more movies that are sure to get nominated for an Oscar. Well, you know, not quite sure, but probably some Oscar um the whale and babylon i mean yeah we're kind of just guessing here uh, the nominations come out in four days from when we yeah. are recording this um which does this does this not come out till next week till after the nominations come out yes after the nominations so everybody listening yes. to this will know <laughs> a little bit more about it but um yeah, we're we're getting on it really good. I think this year we've seen a lot of things that we think are going to be nominated before the nominees come out, um, including these these movies. Yeah, did you say the titles already? Yes. So, which one would yes. you like to start with? Um, let's start with the whale. Yeah, I watched that first as well. So, um, yeah, I think it would be good to start. It's uh, based off of a play. Um, by Samuel D. Hunter, and it's directed by Darren Aronofsky, who is known to not make very light movies um, at all. So Light as in, like, happy? Yeah, uh, <laughs> or any non-depressing uh, anything like that. Uh, everything is depressing that he makes, or is at least quite disturbing in some way. Um and this one is definitely in line with that, I think. <laughs> um, yeah, this movie, uh, I was not, I was not in a good headspace for this movie. Um, but you know, I don't think I ever would have been. So I guess it doesn't really matter. <laughs> no, I really don't think anybody watching this movie is going to come out of that and be like, such a great time, you know, uh, Definitely so inspiring and uplifting. Um, yeah. I mean, there were some moments in the movie that were, you know, kind of humorous. I mean, the 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 uh, relationship between, um, oh, what is what was Brendan Fraser's character's name? Charlie. Um, Charlie and Liz was you know Hong they're Chow. they're really. Yeah. Yes, they're really good friends. Um, they, you know, she she doesn't let him get away with shit. You know, it's just um, so they're so they're kind of back and forths were were funny, but in a very depressing way because you know she really cared about him and she wanted him to, you know, be healthy and go see a doctor and and you know be around longer. But he was Charlie was very much set in his ways and he there was going to be no no persuading him otherwise um yeah at that that point it's just a little bit too late i thought about this movie a lot i think it was hard to watch for a number of reasons and you know one of those being that it is a play and it only takes place in one place which is the inside of um a man's apartment so i almost appreciate that the house looked looked as clean and well put together as it not all the time like whenever Mm -hmm. liz would come over she probably would clean and but you know there was but the house could have looked a hell of a lot more worse like and and i'm yeah and i'm glad the house didn't because if it did look worse it 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 would have it would have been worse for me personally watching this movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, the the set design is really good. Um, yeah, and you know, the subject matter is about somebody who is very large, who has a very difficult time 
getting around his house and doing any really basic tasks. Um, even, you know, can't really even lean down or anything like that. So it's a lot of this is quite like, it's like weird observational, like kind of like watching somebody struggle in a way that is like kind of horrific to watch but in a way that's like weird that you're watching something like that you know about somebody who's really fat like we don't really see this ever and I feel like it's just so strange because you watch it and you're like this is not good to see something like this because it makes people who watch it feel a certain way about fat people and it's just like really hard to divorce this movie from all of that you know yeah and i don't know the character charlie was a little like brendan fraser did a great job and charlie was a great character and i kind of understand the the um motivations around making charlie like this but um, yeah, but it, yeah, it's simple he, though. It's like <laughs> thinking, thinking about how a, a person like this, who's basically kind of given up on their life, they basically want to die. Like Charlie was, yeah, eating as much as he could because he, he had a was binge trying, eating disorder. Yes, and like he was trying, trying to, to kill himself. Yeah, um, and because he 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 lost someone that he loved a lot. And he did not want to be around anymore. Um, but weirdly enough, like the fact that he could still pretty effectively like get in the shower and kind of move around his house and and he still had mm -hmm. a job like those those types of motivations felt a little off to me for for mm -hmm. someone with this disorder or someone with this mental disorder. Um, yeah, yeah. He's a he's a Only very because specific I will, one. Yeah. I will say this movie was really hard for me because I have someone in my family who is kind of like this. So I mm -hmm. and that's all I'm gonna say. But yeah. so that's why this movie was very hard for me. <laughs> so Yeah. And that's why I'm saying like the 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 motivations like it seemed like Charlie had a lot more motivation to where I kinda thought he was gonna pull through in the end. Because he still had a job. He really cared about his students and teaching his students and and his daughter yeah. and he still had motivations the fact that he still had motivations made me think that by the the ending was going to be different but it wasn't so then that kind of made it a little i don't know i guess not as realistic but i mean i'm sure i'm sure there are different situations just because of what i have experienced personally um, yeah yeah it is very much about one person and it's very much about this specific person and the way that the story plays out you know, as we are seeing all these different characters, you're un you're trying to peel back the layers of the onion to figure out who this person is and what their motivations are. And by the very end, it's all revealed to us that he's done everything and lived his whole life for his daughter and did not put himself first at all and basically has been leaning on his best friend for years and is just kind of, yeah, given up on life. And and if you really think about it in that way, it is a very simple motivation and it's a very, like, simplistic way to explain why Charlie has gotten to the size that he has. And, you know, in reality, it's a bit more complicated than that. But it is a movie. It's a play. You know, it's not... It you know there's the world of, is not this way. Metaphors and, and parallels and and lots of yeah. things like it. It almost seems like you know his um so brief summary of the movie like the, this is really just like a character study movie basically, um and Charlie uh obviously was previously married to a woman and had a child with her mm -hmm. and he left them to be with a man that he loved and that man got into like some religious cult or something he was um, raised in it so i think it was like yeah. always a part of him and well really just his depression was always a part of him 
Right. And he died, like, his, his, uh, I think his name was, what was his name? Alan. Arthur? Alan? Yeah. No, I knew it was an A. Alan. Um, and Alan died by basically not eating. Um, he yeah, had... he wasted away and then I think jumped off of a, a bridge. Yeah. And so it's kind of almost a very interesting uh, opposite to have Charlie die this other way um, by eating yeah. a lot. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and die of coronary yeah. heart disease. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's uh, that's what the writer wants. They are like, oh, look at this. And then, of course, um, Charlie's obsessed with this essay from his daughter who comes into his life again um, from when she was eight. She wrote this essay about Jonah and, or sorry, not Jonah, um, Moby Dick and a kind of like honest review of it. And so that's what he is like stuck on the whole, the whole time until he finally succumbs to his coronary heart disease. Yeah, he's very he's very big on people being honest with him. Like he doesn't want people to, you know, try to sugarcoat things or or make things seem seem better than what they truly are. Like if if it's mm-hmm. truly if this is truly the way it is, he wants you to tell him honestly. And he kind of brings this up quite a few times like with his students, he says, "So just give me just just give me an essay of something real, something honest. I want I want something that isn't fake. Um and or just like or you know just standard standard bullshit. Um and so and, he, and yeah, he really liked reading um his daughter's essay which which I thought was was I I really I thought those scenes were very impactful when he would like read them to calm down. Like he mm-hmm. truly loved his daughter until the very end, and it just was it was very sad. Yeah, it's it's an upsetting movie, and like again, it's a lot of like watching somebody eat, and it's a lot of like really kind of um in your face like depictions of somebody who's got a binge eating disorder and i don't you know i just don't think we really see this too much and so like the motivations of somebody like this it could be this kind of person it could be this story but you know it's not like that for everybody everybody's got a different reason that they have a binge eating disorder and it may not be because of trauma at all you know like it kind of is implying that anybody who's a larger individual is going to be that ha- the reason they have this like i guess binge eating disorder or any fatness is because they are traumatized in some way and it's like that's not true you know so it's like this is the kind of like media that we're watching and it just sits with me so it's so uncomfortably <laughs> you know that like it's just so in your face about it and it's just like how are you going to feel about other fat people now you know, I mean, I don't know. I, I didn't really feel that way watching this. I mean, I know that there are, there are many reasons why, why someone is fat, someone is big and it's whatever, whatever the reasoning is, it's fine. That's just, that's just the way it is. Um, yeah. I don't know. This movie just seemed so focused on this one individual. It felt, it felt so focused. I couldn't, mm-hmm. I didn't even think about anyone else just cause this this story, this one person, this one situation was just so like deep, deeply delved into that. It just, Mm -hmm. it just, it is what it is. But I mean, yeah, I guess maybe with the, with the, um, I don't know, the scene with the, with the pizza man. So he orders pizza and you know, he kind of, he, he leaves, he leaves the money in the mailbox and the guy comes by and the guy, like, almost seems like he's trying to befriend him or something. Like, he'll kind of be like, mm-hmm. hey, you okay in there? And Charlie's like, yeah. What's what's up? 
And then, and then at one point, you know, Charlie waits for the pizza man to get back in the car and the pizza man stays and like, and they just like look at each other and I'm just like, okay, I don't, I don't know. It was a very, it was, it was a very like, I guess not shocking, but very different because we don't really get many scenes outside of the house. So the fact that we saw outside was, was a little jarring to me. (laughs) Yeah. Especially when you find out that it's revealed that he lives on the second floor and it's like pretty obvious that he's not going to be going down those steps anytime soon. And Mm -hmm. it's just like a shocking reveal. Like I feel like a lot of this was like that. Um, but yeah, with that, with that pizza man, it was kind of nice that this guy was like, oh, you know, I come here a lot. So, (laughs) hey, but yeah, like seeing him in the rain was so sudden. And I think it just invokes the, um, embarrassment of, of Charlie and who he is and like how he feels about himself to hide, hide himself a lot, you know? Um, yeah. And we haven't really talked about. Uh, Thomas, the young missionary who just happens to come in at the right time in the fir- in the very first scene when Charlie's having like a, a heart attack, like a mini heart attack. Um, and Thomas like shows up and is like, oh, you know, what can I do? And he's just like, read the, you know, read it, the, the essay, essay, you know, and he's trying to like breathe and everything. And yeah. And then Thomas yeah. just keeps showing up because he's on his own personal mission to bring God to people's lives. And everybody keeps telling him, no, dude, no, go away. And he keeps coming back. And so, like, his motivations were definitely interesting and, in, like, revealing about him and um, revealing about Ellie and, like, her mom. And, um, you know, I could definitely see why this is a a play, you know, cause you're, you're unveiling more about the people as they are on the screen. Yeah. Ellie, Ellie and Thomas kind of develop a friendship. Um, and you know, she seems almost interested in him and then she learns that he kind of ran away from home. Um, and mm-hmm. the religious organization that, uh, Liz says is the same one that her, her brother was a part of or her right her brother alan yeah yeah um and they don't they don't go door to door anymore like like basically thomas was going door to door preaching the word of god and um and he's kind of like found out that he you know he shouldn't be going door to door he might not even really be a part of the door i mean he could be but like he just wasn't supposed to be going door to door um yeah but he just kind of develops this, not really an obsession, but like, but like an interest with Charlie. He wants, he wants Charlie to find God or he wants, cause you know, he learns that, that Charlie was gay and, or is gay and, um, and was in a gay relationship. And, um, and I don't know. And then, then like the way Charlie like reacts to him, it's like, Charlie's fine. Like Charlie's a friendly guy and he's fine with just having conversations with people and he's fine with chatting with Thomas. Like he's not, he's obviously not going to do anything that Thomas says, but like, or join or join the organization. Um, but, and then he almost kind of gets like, he kind of instigates Thomas and he's like, do you find me disgusting? And Thomas is like, yes, I do. And it's just, and you just kind of, you really find out a lot about Thomas there. Yeah. He, he really kind of reveals himself to be kind of a shitty person, um, in his singular, you know, religious belief that he, he has shades of himself, but it's like hard for him to break out of that need to quote unquote, help Charlie. But I, you know, really love the way that Liz helps Charlie by putting him into his place. But in the end, ultimately telling um, Thomas, like, you can't, like, and Charlie, like, you can't save anyone. Like, no one can save 
anyone else. And you can help them, but everybody is the arbitrator of their own lives. And everybody can choose how to take care of themselves or not take care of themselves. Um, Right. Right. And that's just the, it's just the universal truth. Like we're all in charge of our own person um, for the most part, you know, and it's like a kind of like revelation at the end. And I think that's what makes this, the whole entire thing all the, the more sad because it reminds you of anyone who is going through something that they cannot fight. It's like being, it's like having, you know, like a, a drug addiction or, you know, an alcohol addiction or doing things that are hurting yourself actively, but other people yeah. can't help you. You know, it's like, it's just, it reminded me of, beautiful boy in that way too um because of that kind of emotional um trauma that that liz was going through because of watching two people who she loved uh go through something like this you know yeah and it's not even just sad seeing seeing everything that's happening to the focal point character charlie but yeah everyone around him who like his his ex-wife ends up coming by and kind of chatting with him and you know they they loved each other once and so she's just like why are you doing this to yourself and 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 then uh and ellie sadie sink comes by a lot you know we're we're kind of wondering why she's coming by you know maybe it's just to piss her mom off because her mom says to not go see him or to just i don't know try to get to know her dad but you know she's an angsty teen so she's acting like she doesn't want to get to know her dad (laughs) But yeah, and like her mom's like she's evil and then Charlie's like she's not evil. She's just a teen. And you just see Ellie like tell on Thomas. But it ultimately like sends him away and back home to his family, which is really what he wanted. And so it was kind of like a a backwards way to to be nice. Um so she does things in her own way and I think Charlie just wanted it to to present that to her that that she is a beautiful and wonderful person too and that there are really good people in this world and you can't just rule everything out. And the end is really impactful in that way. Yeah, having him kind of like lift up and end up on that beach and that happy memory that he had, I think. I think there was like a picture about the beach or he had, or he was reminiscing about it at one point, I think. Um, yeah. Being at the beach. Um, yeah, thinking about his daughter and putting his toes in the in the cold water and stuff like that. Um, yeah. yeah, so great acting by everyone. Um, Brendan Fraser has a good chance of winning Best Actor, I think. He is really good in this movie um it's an incredible performance by him and just an emotional emotional ride an emotional roller coaster yes i am i am very glad i watched this movie brendan fraser's performance was absolutely phenomenal and i even really liked uh sadie sinks character i mean all everyone did great everybody hong chow oh my god so good so good she was so good too they're oh my god so good yeah um and it was um it was devastating you want to have a good cry go see this movie (laughs) yeah Uh, i know i did (laughs) um i think we can skip the trivia and just go to the plot keywords yeah 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 all right we've got uh Congestive heart failure, pizza, screenplay adapted by author, overweight man, gay character. There you go. Right. This movie got a 60 meta score. And it got 20, yep, 23 positive, 21 mixed, and seven negative reviews. There's quite a lot of negative reviews. Wow. You know, I did bring up some of the things I did not like about this movie, so... 
you know, I can see why, you know, to personally, like I said, I think it's a little bit simplistic in its uh, motivations of its character. Um, and, oh, you know, I'm it's sure. laid out like a, a play that you're kind of constantly trying to figure out why this person is the way that they are. And that's like, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting storytelling in, a, in some way. But, you know, I don't love that all the time. So, you know, there's that. I mean, and sometimes people don't need a motivation to be the way they are. It's exactly. Just, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's just how they are. Okay, so so you're saying this this movie was trying too hard to give the character a motivation. Yes. Like okay. okay. That's what I'm saying. It. Like <laughs> I got it. I'm here now. I'm here. I'm, I I just arrived. Okay. okay, we're here. All right, all right. Okay, okay, okay. You you can go down to the bottom. Let's see. The lowest we have are some 30s. <laughs> So the 230s. Hmm, which one? I'm gonna do the Wall Street Journal 30. Um, Mr. Frazier. <laughs> okay. Very formal. We're starting this off. Very formal. Uh Mr. Frazier looks so spectacularly awful as Charlie in this film, directed by Darren Aronofsky. Um, that this chamber piece amounts to a variation of torture porn for highbrows mm. with a fat suit rather than a meat cleaver as the bringer of cinematic shock. Okay. I agree with that too. That's what I was trying to say. I was like, it's, it's like a, what's the best way to say this? It's not really torture porn. It's more like a visual, like gawking, you know, it's like mm -hmm. what people would say if they were, you know, watching other kinds of people. It's like it's like TLC, but like sad or like really sad. You know, like you watch it to to feel better about yourself. Sure. Sure. That element of it is like the icky part to me. Um yeah. okay, I'm going to read this um like a middle one. Let's see. Um, I've got a bit of fifties. Got oh, got quite a bit of fifties and sixties. Yeah, I'll pick pick one of the. I'll pick one of the fifties. Um, mm -hmm. okay, I'll pick the observer. The whale has moments that touch the heart and passages that engage the mind, but the insufferable parallels it constantly draws between Charlie's obesity and Moby Dick, Charlie's favorite book. May have worked better in the stage play by Samuel D. Hunter than they do in the screen adaptation, where they merely mm. ring false and drag the pace to a crawl. Interesting. Interesting, yes. Very interesting. All right. All right. All right. Do we want to read another mid one, or should I look at these? Uh, only got a, like a handful. A handful. There's four 100s. You can pick one of them. Some people really All like right. this movie. Let's see. I mean, I think people really like this movie because of Brendan Fraser. That's probably He why. is an extremely likable person. So I think if you're watching anything that he's in, you know, he is like, look at that face. He's so cute. You're like, I just love you. You know, it's Brendan Fraser. Um, I'm going to do the Chicago Sun-Times 100. Uh, Frazier becomes Charlie and infuses him with intelligence, pathos, 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 either, um, humor and heart. It is one of the best performances of the year in one of the best movies of the year. Okay. I don't know about that, but <laughs> def, but definitely one, definitely one of the best performances for sure. You know how I feel about plays as movies. Every year we have an Oscar nomination for one, and I'm like... Ugh. There has to. At least one. At least one. I just don't... What's been, don't what's been your favorite... What's been your favorite play play adapted to, to a screen that we've, that we've talked about on this podcast? Um, you know, I thought, Pro like, probably Fences... Probably Ma Rainey. I, I liked Fences better than Ma Rainey, I think. Oh, yeah? I thought Fences was yeah. really boring. Uh, yeah sure sure i guess yeah i mean now that i think about it there's not much i remember from it so but then again ma rainey was had a lot more people in it and 
they were in different parts of like a like a recording studio so it didn't feel so much like a book that's true oh actually i really did like uh this was also based off a play um was the oh dang it was the one we watched on amazon prime um with uh with um um oh fuck what's his name you're not giving me anything here i i can't go off of it amazon prime um was it this year? No, I think it was last year. I think it was... Okay. Oh, dang it. It, it was like three guys in a room. One of them was, was like a wrestler um, or like a like a boxer. Okay. And it was... Who was um, in it? Oh, God. <laughs> Malcolm X. It had, Malcolm X. It had like a character of Malcolm X in it. Oh, 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 yes. That's right. It was... Um... One Night in Miami or something like yeah, that? Yeah, something like that. Something like that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. that was a really good movie. That was last year. Yeah, I really liked that one, actually. That was a good one. That, was really that good one, one was really good because it was for really, like, historic people. So it was just yeah. kind of fun to see the way that they interacted. Um, yeah, for sure. That was that was a good one. Good choice there, Emily. I think it was like One Night in Miami or something like that. Yeah, really? All right. Well, that would be something like that. (laughs) That would be a good time to take a break before we talk about Babylon. Yeah, let's we'll we'll be right back. (laughs) Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Okay, we are back. Um, Alessandra, I know, I know how these two movies are are similar. Oh my god! Wow, they both got a sixty meta score. Oh shit! <laughs> wow, that's how we linked the last two too. They got like the same meta score. That is wild. That's oh my how, god! There's, all, there's always something. There's always a link. There's always a link. Um, I just saw this movie. I came back like an hour and a half ago from seeing this movie so it's fresh it's fresh in there i watched i watched this one last week right yes yes i watched this one last week so still still fairly uh still fairly uh both these movies i feel like they 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 really stuck in my head i don't know normally yeah i have the problem of watching something and then it kind of immediately leaves my brain but i do feel like these these ones are really really stuck in my brain and and i don't think for good reasons (laughs) (laughs) well this one was the first movie since first man that uh damien chazelle has uh directed and and he also wrote this one um and you know i like damien chazelle i find him to be a very kinetic director and this movie did not disappoint on that front um it's just a crazy story about some 1920s actor Hollywood people. And it was every bit as wild as I anticipated. It it was so wild. And then it got wilder. And then it got even wilder. And I just, I did not, I like my face during that whole scene with the underground scene thing. You should have seen my face. Where they basically went to hell. I mean, I mean, they went to hell. Unbelievable. 
that whole scene, there was just like this gawking face that I had that I just was like, wow, this <laughs> this movie went there. It fucking went there. And like, I cannot be unhappy about that. Like, there were some, this was like Singing in the Rain if Singing in the Rain was like X-rated. Like, it was wild. <laughs> It was, yeah, this movie gave me almost, like, like, X-rated Baz Luhrmann. Like, like, yeah, like, Baz Luhrmann tries, like, does the whole chaotic thing, but it's still very PG, like PG-13. Totally. No tits. Yeah. This was, this was all the tits. This was Baz Luhrmann with, with a hundred percent tits. (laughs) I, like, and I don't want to be mad about that. Like, truly the depravity of this movie is like so appealing in a, in a way um, because we do not see movies about this time period um, with, with that, with that amount of absolute deranged, like craziness, you know, it, this is it, crazy. This movie was crazy. <laughs> yeah, there were this, this movie was, was very fun. I did have a, I did have a fun time watching it. Um, I don't think it needed to be as long as it was. Like I was I totally being agree. like, can yeah. this movie be done? Like, I checked this, my watch a lot. Yeah. This was and and I probably wasn't in a very good headspace for this. It got better and, and I, I was able to to relax, but I was in the theater alone and I knew this movie and I was trying to find an early enough movie to where I wasn't, you know, out until fucking midnight watching this movie. Um mm-hmm. So I was able to find a fairly early one, like after after I got off work. Um, so I was happy about that. And then some people kind of showed up and and sat in the theater. So I like I wasn't in the theater all by myself. So um, I was able to kind of relax. But yeah, this movie I totally forgot that Damien Chazelle had done First Man, and that's very interesting because you know I like to compare I like to compare directors' movies, um, but these but so far these like Whiplash first man and this movie La La have all been and la la land yeah he's he directed la la land too he did not are you fucking kidding me i think he won the oscar for it i'm pretty sure he won best director for la la land oh my gosh why well, didn't like la la land <laughs> <laughs> yes he did when I, okay yes, director. yes I, see I see that now i just i forget when okay when i think of damien chazelle i think of whiplash because i loved that movie yeah and i've actually been really wanting to rewatch it um but yes back to babylon this movie was fucking bad shit um it i don't even i it this movie had like phases like chapters like like fucking parts in a novel i really liked the tie-ins to like when when they first had um uh the singing in the rain song like happening they had that huge group of people like up there on all their little raincoats um yeah singing singing the song and then and then they had <laughs> then when they were basically doing a recreation of that um of you know the the movie bombing like basically brad pitt was was gene kelly's character um in yeah singing there in the was rain. a lot of he, a lot of singing in the rain references in this movie and like and i want to appreciate that because i love singing in the rain but i also feel like it was a little cheesy like yeah, and especially a, and, when he watches it in the end <laughs> And it's a so little, Chazelle. and a uh. little pointed. It was it was really cheesy, and I was like, "Come on, Damien, you're so much better than this." He's so cheesy. He's such a cheesy so... guy. La La Land was incredibly cheesy. Oh God, really? Is he just a? Che- do I uh, do I even like Damien Chazelle? <laughs> <laughs> well, clearly, it got a six D meta score, so other people also found it to be cheesy. But you know, yeah. it wasn't totally cheesy because of the the raunchiness of it and you know all the different characters and the things that they're going through you know they're all in a sense like growing out of the who they are and like 
of course, I knew that like Jack Conrad's character was going to get to the point where he walks upstairs and kills himself. That was so incredibly like as soon as he told his his <sighs> wife that he was like going to yeah. go upstairs for something. I was like, oh, he's going to go kill himself. And that was just like the longest drawn out <laughs> like and I was like, he's going to go get a gun. He's going to go in there. We're only going to see a little bit. of it. And I was like, oh, like, come on, my dude. <laughs> yeah and then oh gosh and 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 it's and i i i want to like this movie more it was very fun there were just a lot of things about it that was unnecessary and a little and a little stuck up like it just was <laughs> it was it was trying too hard it was trying so hard yeah yeah I can see, I can see that it, it, but it also felt, I don't know, it, to me, felt like a lot of what it might have been like and what it felt like to be in that time. Like, I think when we think about this time of, of Hollywood history, it's very saturated, it's like very, um, um, you know, presented to us in a PG way, like with Saint in the Rain. And Yeah. It's always very glam. I, like you don't yes, see the 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 nitty the and debauchery. The, and the dirty. Yeah, the debauchery <laughs> that I'm sure there was. Like everyone there was, was, yes. was an asshole back then. Like everyone. And like ju- just as much as everyone's still an asshole today. Like they were yeah. even more so back then. And it was um, before the Hayes Code. So people you know, the the movies were um open they were unbridled they they really didn't have any sort of filter at all and the fact that people were just straight up dying on these movie sets was yeah was was so true like people i like so I, true I, I, yeah i worry about actors that that were that were just starting off like being actors like they there were no safety codes for them nope. there were no laws nope. there were no rules there were no protections Nothing. like you could fucking lose an eye on yeah. on a, on a movie set, and no one Somebody would give got a shit about you. In that, in that, uh, I think it was was he Otto Preminger that like remember in the young Indiana Jones very last episode, it was basically this movie, but like in a in an hour and a half form. Am I yeah. wrong? <laughs> no, you're not. You're not. We, we were primed for this debauchery because of that last episode of Young and Anna Jones. Um, but I think he was like working with that like German director guy. And I think it was, I think it was, was it Otto Preminger? I'm going to see who, who that person was supposed to be because he was uh, hilarious and like, you know, cursing and everything. And that's exactly the way he was in, in that episode that we watched. Um, yeah, and just how movies were just thrown together. Like they're just like, let's just get the shot. It can it can be dirty, it can be messy. Like just just get Before the shot. Before they needed sound. Yeah. 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 The sound really fucked everything up. Then they had moved to sound stages and they had that whole entire scene, which was great, of them like missing the take every time because of the sound. Um yes, it was lovely. All the, all I the, loved that. All scene. the sounds they were hearing, the the she kept missing the mark, like it was hot in there because they couldn't have the AC on. Like it was yeah. so good. Yeah, the, this movie did have some some really some really well played out scenes when when they weren't being long and unnecessary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you could you could really tell like there were so many characters that were based off of other characters and you know, um, people who were either real or not real, like Jean Smart's character, you know, she was based off of some real um, critics. And, you know, we get a lot of these kind of characters in movies like, um, you know, like it's a little bit later with uh, Hail Caesar, but, you know, same kind of kind of vibe with like a lot of people, a lot of things going on and being at the mercy of, the various different um, production studios and things like that. But um, this was like such an interesting time in filmmaking that I feel like it was fun to just see it as it was, you know? Yeah, for sure. Like, would I see this movie again? I think so. I think I would. It's funny. I think I definitely would watch this movie again. Yeah. 
it's it's cute it's got a lot of like you know the scenery of what la used to look like with the big open expanses and the mountains and if you look at old pictures of la it looked exactly like that and it's just like kind of sweet to see to like feel what that must have been like you know um to be in LA at that time when there really was such a small population. And yeah, I thought it was fun. I, I totally think it was super hammy at the end. Um, it was definitely very hammy in some points. And yeah, and our, our basically our, our three like main focal characters was Brad Pitt, who was Jack Conrad, Margot Robbie, who was Nellie Leroy, and then Diego Calva, who was Manny Torres. And, yeah. Um, you kind of get this really nice, um, like in, in a way it felt almost like Diego was, was the main, main type of, I, I think he was on the screen the most and he kind of started the movie and he kind of closed out the movie as well. Um, yeah. with watching He's the young ingenue character, you know, the one who's just yeah. getting into it. So we're, yeah. we're on the ride with him. Yeah. And it was, it was basically like. Like, we were getting baby-fed the whole moral of this movie, which was, like, Diego wanted, Diego's character, Manny, just wanted to be a part of, a part of something big and something great. And because Singing in the Rain came out, like, that yeah. whole, that whole montage, was, I, I hated the end. I really did. It was, yeah. I was like, I get it. <laughs> I know. Just, and then the, there I was, like, all the, like, home, please. <laughs> There was, like, another ending of just, like, watching all the films that have come out since then, but it was just, like, a very <sighs> weird, very strange montage. Like, did not, <sighs> really didn't pick the it most. Didn't hit, it didn't hit the mark. Yeah, I don't know what what was going on and why they decided those specific clips. You know, I bet you just, Chazelle just was like, I want this and this and that. And like, these are things I really want to see. And that was it, you know? And like, he's, this is his movie. So he's going to make something like that. But yeah, it did. I mean, the Fablemans ended like that too, with like kind of like joyous music. And the, he, he might as well have just walked away and clicked his heels as he ran because that's, that's exactly the way it felt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it just was, but yeah, I mean, also when it's such a tale as old as time situation, it's just not a very like, I, you know, the, the whole Manny being the main character, um, is the most, I think, con like it, it's the most like un unauthentic part because he's like, clearly he meets Nellie, who's a hot mess and very bad for him. But she's, you know, a manic pixie dream girl who's going to drive herself into the ground because of all of her bad habits. And we all know this from the moment we see her, that this is going to happen. So. Oh, yeah. She's, it's like, she's a gambler. She She's addicted to everything. Drugs. Drinking. <laughs> all of it. Every, every, every temptation you could be addicted to, she was. Yeah, and like. It's, it's just such a, like, like, this is, ha this is a, a, a story that we've seen many times, you know, like, and even, yeah. even with, with Brad Pitt's character, it's kind of, again, like the same, the same concept. I almost it's wish we had more interesting characters. Like a character I really liked and kind of wanted to see more of was, um, was the singer who sang in the, in the mm. beginning, who was singing about the, my girlfriend's pussy. <laughs> amazing fantastic i really liked song. her she was great she and i was thought great. she was gonna be a bigger in character and, and yeah and she kind of wasn't but i thought she was so interesting and definitely yeah. more interesting than nelly and more interesting than, than jack conrad honestly i mean manny manny was at least interesting and i liked watching his parts but it just was like nelly yeah, Nellie was just a chaotic mess, and every time she was on the screen, I was like, yeah, the, I really liked the scene where she was, they're basically my fair ladying it, and she was trying to, <laughs> yeah, to fit in with all the snooty people, and it was, it was so oh, funny. That oh, was... and she threw up on the, like, on the carpet, and then threw up on the, I mean, it was hilarious, it was just like, 
very very over the top (laughs) the amount of like bodily bodily function jokes in this movie was also it started off with a fucking elephant's asshole raining on the the cameraman so yes and i I was like i was like oh great this is off to a great start (laughs) i don't really want a movie that's just full of poop jokes and it yeah. wasn't, but the, there, there was a poop joke, there was a throw-up joke, I'm pretty sure there was some fart noises, like, it just was, um, it, uh, it, it hit everything. It really hit, hit all the marks. <laughs> it was yeah, trying I, to do everything. I did like it that they had uh, a really, like, diverse cast and diverse, like, like even with the the girl who was the singer, I'm trying the musician. to find her name. Yes, the musician. The musician. Like yes. the scene where they were. I wanted him he, to be in it more. Oh, I know the scene where he was putting on the makeup because Manny told Sydney. him to, and it was just. Oh, oh my god! Get this man so an Oscar! Sad. Get this man a fucking Oscar! Oh my god! That scene <laughs> killed me. That was a oh great my scene. God. Uh, oh, yeah, Giovanna Depo. Like, died. yeah, that was super good. Um. I think that's what so made these good. these little scenes great because like the their little stories were kind of interesting like like the singer lady who was you know a chi- like a Chinese woman and she yeah. you know is I guess supposed to be like Anna Mae Wong um in real life who was a really popular starlet um at the time and it's just like okay yeah I'm glad that we had this you know, mingling of people, gay, black, white, Chinese, you know, like, and that's the way it was for these people living in LA at the time. And then of course, when movies get more distributed, they got the talkies, the rest of America is in in no way uh, the same as this insular LA Hollywood life in the 20s where anything goes. It was definitely not like that across the entire country and they needed to cater right. to the masses and they couldn't yeah. have a, a, you know, a, a mixed race a band and they couldn't have, you know, like it's just, and then like even, you know, the, the Asian singer lady, she had to go to Europe to, to find work, you know, and like, it just was, it got so ruined and so horrible, like all at once, but then it never was. You know, it was just like every moment is always going to be changing and you can't stop it. And that's the, you know, that's kind of the fun part about this movie. <laughs> it, yeah, I feel like there's going to be a lot of a lot of mixed reviews about this movie because, yeah, there there were some very great scenes. Like, I I will not deny that there there really were. This movie was was fun. It was just a bit much. Yeah. And honestly, I think it focused too much on the white people and we needed we needed some more interesting characters. Yeah, I mean, yeah, of course there was Manny, but it was like Yeah. Other uh, yeah, other than Manny. Like I want a little less Brad Pitt and Margot Robbie and I wanted more. <laughs> I wanted more more Sydney Palmer. And yeah. uh, the and the other lady. Why isn't she on this first uh, page? I think her name like, is yeah, she's on the second page. She is Lady Feiju. That was her name. Lee Jun Lee. Yeah. Um yes. No, I love I love a movie that has Flea in it. Oh, I know. I saw Flea and I was like, it's fucking Flea. It's fucking oh man, Flea. that was oh, my God, so Flea. funny. Like, yeah, it was Flea. It's so funny spotting him in movies. It's almost like a cameo. I know. I'm like, Flea, what are you doing here? He's a good actor. He's like He's a serious great. actor. He's so great. I love I him. Know. He's great. He's so good. Oh, that, okay again right on the front here we've also got toby mcguire's character who <laughs> God, i, toby I mean the, he looks like a sick like <laughs> fucked up man and he like puts this like white powder all over his face but his eyes and like all the ring around his eyes is like red and so oh, it's just so God. off-putting he's just so he's... creepy oh my god <laughs> so scary it's just scary it got so horror so fast and so fucked up like like again on a level that i just 
the the man in the basement ate a full like a live rat on screen and like i don't think that was real but like it looked real and i had to like look away i was like what the fuck (laughs) what is this movie (laughs) i yeah by that time i i was like what happened oh gosh yeah um (laughs) it's insane the the fact that the guy got fake money too was so funny like he got the prop prop money money. he's like what are you talking about prop money (sighs) what an idiot oh Oh, my my god God. that just it was just so it was just it, it was wild i was honestly afraid when manny went back to la like 20 years later because i was or 30 years later i was like um yeah at the way this movie was going i was like he's just gonna d- d- he's just gonna get shot and then that's how the movie's gonna die like that's, that's how that's how the movie's gonna end like just with everyone dead i suppose it's possible that like maybe he knew or he found out that toby mcguire's character was gone or dead and like that's why he felt like he could come back to la you I know because sure like obviously no- I'm, I'm, sh- I'm sure i'm sure he died. <laughs> yeah, i'm sure right. he only i'm sure he died like a year later <laughs> Like, <laughs> right exactly like it was kind of up in the air and ambiguous and um you know yeah um ooh. oh again i i just want to shout out gene smart's monologue was really fun and great i loved it um it was cute and it was a little bit like again a little on the nose a little bit sensational and um but she was a writer so you know, she's thinking about stuff like that a lot. So it kind of like made sense for her character. Oh, to basically tell Jack Conrad that he was washed up and that he had, he'll just, no one will, no one needs him anymore. Yeah, but then she was like, but you're in the screen and, you know, 50 years from now, somebody's going to find your, your movie and going to be like, wow, I really relate to that person. And you're going to be gone. You're going to be dead, you know. Like, yeah. you're going to exist on a plane with others forever. And it's kind, it was like a sweet, a sweet notion. Mm. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, all right. Let's go to the uh, plot keywords then. Plot keywords. Let's see. We've got reference to MGM, 1920s, Hollywood, California, female, female kiss, reference to Warner Brothers. I'm just going to read this first trivia because it's very interesting. Right on the top here. It says, Emma Stone was originally cast in the lead role, which was announced to be based on Clara Bow, but dropped out due to scheduling conflicts after the production was delayed because of the COVID-19 pandemic. After Margot Robbie replaced her, the role was reworked to become more fictional in nature. Oh, interesting so it was going to be more realistic with emma stone in the in the leading role but then it kind of became this weird fantasy fever dream (laughs) with margot (laughs) robbie oh yeah good summary there emily um i basically just summarized that trivia for you yeah you for sure did and the movie um so this movie got a 60 metascore as we said before it got 33 positive reviews 23 mixed and five negatives and got a pretty good number of 100s here 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 8 9 10 100 so that's a lot well you know where i'm heading right down to where the guy's eating rats i'm going down here eight 100s yeah oh wow this 20 (laughs) where the guy's eating rats <laughs> That's gonna be the way that we that we go deep now. I feel like are we going down to the dungeon where the guy's eating rats or are we just going to like, you know, the alligator part? We just go to the fucking alligator on a on a leash part. God damn. <sighs> Jesus. Oh, God. Oh, okay. Alright, here we go. Um oh, so many options. We got two twenty fives here. Dang, I wish they were just didn't have to pick. Let's see. <laughs> Oh, God, both of these are good. Okay, Okay, read both of them. Just just do it. Okay, Okay, fine, fine, fine. Okay, so The Wrath gave it a 25. It's a hyped-up cocaine conversation of a movie, throwing out lots of ideas and images and mammoth set pieces without ever amounting to anything. 
Um, oh, wow. <laughs> that's, wow. That's so harsh. And then Slant also gave it a 25. Uh, Chazelle's torturously glib cynicism is quite the, a- the attitude around which to build an epic boondoggle of this sort. Equally as heinous as the 11th hour optimism that he then attempts to tack onto Babylon's VR jaw-droppingly <laughs> wrong-headed climactic montage. That is so true! Oh my god! I'm just gonna read the 30. I'm just gonna read all these low ones. They are so interesting. Okay, here we go. Babylon isn't a film made with love or even with any degree of exactitude. It pretends to be a movie about loving movies, but more than anything else, it seeks to reflect glory on its creator. It advertises its alleged extravagance and glamour loud and hard, but only comes off looking tinny and cheap. Oh, no. They are not holding back. I know. It was really really crazy i was gonna read the um uh 50 from the new york times it says there isn't much going on other than the spectacle of its busily spinning parts which might be tolerable if the first two hours weren't so unrelievably unmodulated with everything synced to the same monotonous accelerated pace this hyperventilated quality initially serves the story and Chazelle's concept of the air is delirious excess, but the lack of modulation rapidly becomes innervating. After a while, it feels punishing. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. What? Jesus. <laughs> The, the Peter Travers one is great. I'm just going to read this. I'm so sorry. These these people really know how to no, go how ahead, specifically go ahead. say this. this. There's about an hour of a terrific movie in this love-hate look at lurid Hollywood. <laughs> Too bad it's trapped in three hours plus of self-indulgent bloat. Even the star shine of Bargo Robbie and Brad Pitt dims as director Damien Chazelle rapidly bites the hand that feeds him. <laughs> Oh, that's my brother was saying that too. He was like, you know, I don't think that Babylon's gonna get too much because Hollywood's like angry that this movie was made because it's it's like it's critiquing them so hard that it's like oh they don't oh they don't like Hollywood normally likes movies about itself, but not when it's like outwardly saying that you kill people. You know, like it is a very there's a line there, and it it crosses the line. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we have eight one hundreds to look at. Are, are you done reading the ones in the in the middle? Yeah, sure. <clears throat> All right, let's see. Um hmm. there is a lot of different takes on this movie. These one hundreds are just like so happy to give this movie a 100. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm going to do the uh, the AV Club. Uh, it's one of the 100s. Uh, Babylon mostly operates in a structure of set pieces, thoroughly earning its not-a-minute-too-long runtime, a whopping 189 minutes, and it's packed to the gills with stunning craftsmanship. Oh, I don't think anybody's arguing against that because the craftsmanship is is remarkable. The no, for sure, the, the set, set design, the set, but that's the only and makeup, good thing that this that this the score could say about it. It's like oh, I mean, the, oh, production the production a hundred. There you go. That's it. That's all I all I got to say. Yeah, like the story is the problem, but yeah, there's like, I mean, it's an incredible like the the makeup is incredible and the you know the um the filmmaking is really quite quite amazing and it's really fun and you know i do you know think that it'll get a score or even win the score because the score is amazing um yeah. oh yeah that that's that song that was in the trailer and then you get like you get the full just energy of it in the movie oh it was so good great music yeah <clears throat> this um okay this up this uprocks one is interest is is kind of mm. good as well another 100 
Uh, Babylon is a movie that absolutely shouldn't work, but objectively does. Three hours and nine minutes that didn't bore me for a single second. Instead, it sails on the crest of a glorious wave of blood, sweat, tears, tits, shit, vomit, and piss. Damien Chazelle elevates cinema by dragging it back to the gutter. Which is kind of what we were saying. Oh my that's god, that, that's kind yeah. Of, that's kind of what made it more interesting. <laughs> wow, I feel like we said all those things. Like, sometimes I read, we, we talk about movies and I'm like, Wonder what these Oh I didn't say I didn't say piss, but yes, there was. Yes, I remember that now. <sighs> yeah. Oh goodness. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Those are done now. Okay, next oh, next couple. Goodness. Next next bunch. <laughs> We're not done. We We're still not done? have some to t- No, I mean we still have more to talk about when it comes to Oscar noms and um on oh. Tuesday we will have found out. <laughs> <laughs> we we will know we will know by next week uh for sure for sure um excited to see those oscar noms and see the eighty thousand films i still need to see <laughs> oh goodness but it's gonna be fun it's gonna be fun um all right is that all we have to say about the whale and babylon mm-hmm all right. Well, if you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher, and on IMDb. And uh, we're also on Amazon Music, Spotify, and Acast. Uh, if you want to email us and say hello, please email us at abathepopcornpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, if you want to follow our social media, we have Instagram, uh, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok. Just search the Popcorn or the Popcorn Podcast. And uh, we also have merch, so please check that out. But thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you in the next one. Goodbye! Bye! Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.